0: I'm your radio radio show.
1: I'm your radio radio show. Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It is Niall and Andrea here. Andrea, how's it going?
3: Nile, you can see me.
1: I can see you properly.
3: <laughs> Hi, I have a new webcam.
1: You um, do. Doing the word bit... webcam just feels so <laughs> outdated, doesn't it?
3: I know. I can't do anything properly, basically. Everything has to be slightly old-fashioned. But yeah, it's you sent a me a webcam. It, it's not my fault. That is, is very crucial. It's not my fault. It's my computer's fault. But yes, I have a new webcam now. Um, should I thank the Patreons for
1: it? Please do, because it's their, yeah. their money. They went thank them. you,
3: patrons, for the for the new webcam so that Niall can see me now and I can't um roll my eyes at all his hot takes um in in secret. I have to I have to look engaged at all times. So thank you. I don't know if
1: it was yeah. obvious, but the last uh, certainly the last few months on and off, but certainly last week I didn't even see you last
3: week. No.
2: We no. did our
1: entire podcast about the return of live music yeah. just with me talking on a blank screen.
3: Yeah. We, <laughs> and you we, and I and also we had, a had uh, we also had a, a business meeting this week, uh, in which the our our person who we were having the business meeting with couldn't see me either.
1: <laughs> so yeah. it's not it's not very so,
3: professional, you know. So now I've got a very enigmatic
1: professional Andre, agree, setup. You
3: know? Yeah, she's, she's not just, on Instagram she's,
1: anymore. You,
3: you she's barely on
1: Twitter, and she's barely <laughs> visible on our camera.
3: Oh man, I've been on Twitter far too much lately. Actually, I need to. I need to dial it back.
1: You need um, to rein it in, do you?
3: Yeah, it's Sally Rooney's Bucket Hat is sending me. So I'm just. I'm here. For, so yeah, I'm basically just there for the uh, Sally Rooney Bucket Hat content, which has been. Is
1: this a promotional item? Is that what it's all?
3: Oh, have you not seen? Okay, so. Yes, basically her publisher there must have been some kind of mad clause in her publishing deal because she's released kind of merch I suppose and uh it's tote bags, pencils which I don't hate, little kind of postcards and crucially a yellow bucket hat <laughs> with the name of the book on it and I just there's an essay brewing inside me about the bucket hat. I don't quite know where I'm at with it but I know that I have at least 3000 words within me so keep an eye keep so an eye out
1: related to the actual book then I mean the book
3: it out. is it, it's it's got the name of the oh sorry do you mean like a character in the book would wear, yeah, the book somebody the must
1: wear it or something
3: yeah I, I don't know um but I can't wait to find out it's out on the 7th of September and I will be one of those people that goes out that day and and gets it and uh because I'm very excited um,
1: lovely I didn't say it there, but I should say it now and get it out of the way. So thanks to uh, the Patreon subscribers we now have, Andrea in HD. And what that means is that if you want to help out and support us and you like what we're doing and we like that we are talking about music and Sally Rooney Bucket Hats, um, it is patreon.com forward slash 909. We were having discussions about a few of the things we're going to have a chat about today, including the Lord album as well later on, but... We are going to talk about the music that has uh, moved us and, and uh, chimed with us in August at the moment and uh, in this month. And some of the music that hasn't. And some of the music that hasn't, teaser. <laughs> uh, we'll be talking a bit about both of those things. Um, So will we just delve right in with uh, what's been going on? Because I think a lot of the music uh, we're talking about has been a soundtrack to the last month, and uh, therefore we can... Uh, Go from there and explain what's been going on with us separately and together. All right, let's play. Uh, my first album that I'd like to discuss is from a stony batter musician called John Francis Flynn. Uh, the album is called I Would Not Live Always, a trad album, and uh, it is released on River Lee, which is an imprint of... Rough Trade. Uh, I believe he was spotted by the label um, supporting Lancôme back in a couple of years ago and uh, he is a, a, a very tall uh, long-haired man who plays a double whistle and has released this beautiful album. So I'm going to play a bit of a song here now called Lovely Joan.
2: Find your man it was indeed, mounted on his milk-white steed He rode, he rode himself all alone Until he came to lovely Joan. Good morning to you, my pretty fair maid And twice good morning, sir, she said He gave her a wink, she rolled her eyes As he to himself, I'll be there by and by Don't you think those books are pay a pretty little place for us to play? Follow me like a sweet young thing, and I'll give you my golden ring. He's taking off his ring of gold, my pretty little Mr. I'd freely give it for your maidenhead, or cheese i blush like the road is red. Okay, that was a
1: taster of John Francis Flynn's album, which is called I Would Not Live Always. The... Uh, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful trad album and we're getting quite a few of those uh, lately. I was uh, reminiscing earlier on about an article that I wrote in twenty twelve about uh how Irish Trad has been reinvigorated, which uh uh uh, caught the ire of many trad purists at the time. My whole yeah. point was that there was some interesting new different perspectives happening in trad music that were mm. translating to different kinds of music, whether it was the likes of Cuiwi Ni Rahala playing, you know, the Hardinger fiddle or you know um the likes of the spook with the 13th lock or the gloaming which were obviously like now like very seasoned players but are doing very different things by bringing in people like doveman thomas bartlett to play piano on the john francis Finn album similarly like with the with the Lancome albums you're hearing if if Lancome are like a, a a death metal album or death uh, a black metal band doing trad then john francis flynn is like a, an experimental musician doing trad because there's a lot here that i love in terms of the songwriting they're obviously very traditional songs but what's great about this album i would not live always is that he's bringing in uh his close collaborators john is actually in a band called skipper's alley and he would do a lot of sessions in the likes of walsh's and the cobblestone and he's that's where he plays his trade but this album he just decided to do something a bit different so you bring in ross cheney who does uh drums and some of those kind of tascam tape loops which you can hear there so very much like um elevates the puts the music in a different way in a different way from tra- from traditional music because you've mm-hmm. got a lot of guitar there you've got some jazz jazzy kind of drums as well and there's just interesting things happening there Uh, one of the songs on it is a part is the middle part of a diptych called uh, bring me home and here you can hear now a a track which sounds a little bit like and and this is what i mean when i say trout has been has changed a lot and there's like some merry wallopers and stuff like that a lot of these things that are happening and On John Francis Finn album, you can hear a track that actually sounds very much like Animal Collective. So here is a taste of this Bring Me Home part two. So I actually got the opportunity to see John Francis Fain twice in the last week, um, DJing at Meadows Festival on Friday. He was playing. And then at another love story. I saw him again the next day. So mad not to see somebody for so long and then see him twice in two days. Same with Neve Regan as well. I had the exact same experience with her two twice in three days. Um, and he does another thing on his album, and I won't. I won't spoil it yet, because I think you didn't really need to see see it live, but there's a track on it called Trillie Jail, which is uh, himself doing, he plays a double whistle that he's kind of like, uh, two whistles, two tin whistles that he stuck together, and he plays kind of in this strange way, and it makes for some really interesting harmonic texture and uh very very interesting so the album is john francis flynn i would not live always i would recommend go see him live when those things can happen again and when they are happening because of some of the smaller events are happening have you had a chance to listen to this yet
3: no I i had a sort of a cursory listen um to a couple of the songs before we started recording but i didn't want to go any further because i want to listen to this as an album i'm excited to listen to it what i've heard has been really interesting and i think i remember back when michael released a live long day and it had such kind of broad appeal um which is sort of in retrospect not surprising because it's so brilliant but at the time it was really exciting and i think that 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 is sort of what you're saying about like trad taking on a new uh a new form in sort of more popular um Irish music, and I think we've been kind of waiting since then to see what that effect is going to have and it's really exciting now to see albums like yeah. this coming out kind of um where where we've kind of like wet the palate of people who might necessarily listen to a lot of trad or a lot of drone or a lot of kind of experimental music and then this is coming out, and people are excited about it and seems to be it seems to be doing really well I know i 'm going to love it, but I just I need to have some time with it, I think. So I'm very yeah. excited to spend, I should spend say, a bit of time
1: with it. Yeah, great. I should say, you definitely should spend time with it. Mm. But I should say as well, produced by Brendan Jenkinson, who's been doing lots of great stuff in the last few years as well. Ulton O'Brien is the other guy on on the album as well. So Ulton O'Brien and Ross Cheney and John Francis flynn Um if you want to hear more about John Francis flynn two podcasts I can recommend actually. Uh Don Deneen's Make Me an Island podcast. Has a very deep dive with uh, John himself and all of his close collaborators, and then the point of everything's most recent
3: podcast is an interview chat with uh, John
1: as well. So, is there anyone Owen
3: to. hasn't interviewed? He's always <laughs> he's always on the cutting edge. The point of everything is such a good, such a good podcast. Just yes, but except for Owen. There. I
1: mean, that's what it comes to, Irish artists. But has he has he talked to our next artist? Probably not
3: probably not um (laughs) no maybe will we will we take a listen to um to brutal by olivia rodrigo we will let's go
0: it's brutal out here
3: so that's brutal from Olivia Rodrigo who released her debut uh, album Sour early earlier in the year I sort of let it pass me by because of the uh driver's license kind of
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean we we talked about it at the time, right? We thought we we thought it was gonna be a bit of an international plan. Yeah. Maybe this massive viral hit that wasn't going to happen mm. with follow-up career. Uh, possible. Well,
3: we you we say which one about our podcast, but we are willing to admit when we are wrong. <laughs> 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 and um I think at the time I, I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, this is about driver's license, not, not, not about the, the album as such, but, um, I was like, ah, yeah, good for her. You know, hope, hope she enjoys her time in the sun. I, I remember we talked a lot about the, the guy she was writing it about and like yeah. he had released a song. Well, there was song. very
1: little else to talk where about.
3: Where is he? <laughs> where where yeah. is he now? But anyway, so she, she released Sour to, um great kind of critical acclaim and and lots of people seem to really, really like it, but I just sort of let it pass me by. Um, I chose this song, uh, for this episode of the podcast because this has been released as a single with an accompanying video. Um, Tony Clayton Lee, uh, shared it on on his Twitter and said, this is one of my favorite songs right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Click through, watch the video. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, I totally get this. It's, um, it's it, it 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 tickles whatever part of me was tickled by um uh, when the 1975 release people if you'll remember how excited I oh, was yeah, that week yeah, really, um, yeah. I actually I texted you earlier this week and I said I missed the 1975 this this is why <laughs> um oh, okay. yeah so I think I think this song is is kind of in in my head anyway in my opinion is, is sort of in conversation with that song it's a real gen Z angst song and you know give it to me I'm i'm really really here for this genre i like how it sounds diy it you know that those really simple descending chords are it sounds like the kind of thing that you can play on a guitar if you don't know how to play the guitar if you've just picked it up and you're just like yeah rocking kind of out <laughs> in a punk way um and i love her <laughs> exactly yeah just just sort of like moving down the neck and just being like yeah i'm, I'm a total rock star um and i think that that's that's deliberately done i really like it it's, it's, it's It has that, it's, it's very, um, in tune with that kind of riot girl sound and it's going for that. And I think it does a good job of it. I, I really love her kind of eye rolling, like vocal delivery of like, oh, I'm so bored and above this, but also while she's talking about, you know, like ego and self-hatred and, um, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning and how brutal it is to be young today. And I think we've had so many generations of pop musicians, so many generations of musicians talking about how hard it is out here. And I don't know how seriously I've been taking it but now that I see Gen Z, maybe it's like a maternal instinct instinct or something kicking in. Maybe it's because it's the generation after me. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you guys actually do have it tough. Like, you guys have the climate crisis. You, you've you got, you know, you're coming of age during COVID-19. There's a lot going on for you. And a song like Brutal, I think, actually properly reflects um, what, what I, I imagine being young right now is with this kind of pop sensibility with this pop sound, this really, really tight production. And I I love how those, those two things balance each other out. And I think it's definitely reflective of the switch that happened when Billie Eilish, who we'll talk about later when she kind of entered the mainstream, I think she sort of paved the way for, for tunes like this, for young women to not sing about love in the pop charts so much as, deconstructing the self and uh, self-care and therapy and looking after yourself but in ways where it's like oh god I have to do this as well and I have to go to school like and older people are telling me that these are the best years of my life are you joking me I I, I love it I really really love this Um, I think it's such a it's just it's it's a really cool sound i like how she's like leaning into nihilism nearly she's not willing to accept that the world has been given to her like this it's major label produced punk yeah sure whatever but i think i'm just a sucker for this kind of blend of like really on the nose teenage angst that has a reason to be angsty mixed with this kind of mainstream pop production Uh, i think it's i think it's right on the money i think it's
1: awesome this is the best kind of pop music pop music that you want to go back and listen to over and over and over again that's what that to me what is the pure definition of what pop is even though the genres and everything else changes it's like the one you want to keep putting on repeat all the time Mm -hmm. because it's so good and it's so well done
3: and that's the the thing about this song it's like 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 all those riot girl songs like like all of my favorite punk songs it's like a little bit too short um and I'm like ah yeah mm," because it's a little sort of melodic uh outro to it. That sounds like it might be the middle eight, but it's not. It just ends after it and I'm like, "Oh, no, one more chorus, just one more." But no, it's like really tantalizing, but you're not, you're not allowed, not allowed to get that kind of satisfaction um yeah. of like returning to the chorus at the end, which I think is really cool. I think it's great. And I know, I know it's major label produced. I know. You don't need to tell me <laughs> that this isn't punk music. I, I, but I'm at this fine. stage, i but I don't care. I'm at this best- I not no not you I'm talking about the um the haters my- <laughs> <laughs> um and I I listened through the rest of her album and I can't say that the rest of it kind of you know did good as much for, for me good as for this is, I'm like
1: is, is my yeah. version of that yeah sure I mean, yeah we had a few days last a few months ago where I was just like oh such a good song play that on
3: again it- it is, yeah, yeah. And I think... the videos
1: as well. And the videos have been so good and a lot of fun. So that's all obviously a big factor in in yeah. like extending the life, uh, the shelf life of a song in your head as well. You're like, ah. which is actually applies to our next artist as well. Um this is an artist I've been keeping an eye on. And one I would have to say I'm probably most excited about in terms of albums to come this year. And uh it is from the artist is called Self-Esteem. Um, She's an English artist called Rebecca. Rebecca Lucy Taylor is her name. She's had an album out before. She was in a band called Slow Club back in the day. Uh, second album is come, forthcoming. It's called Prioritize Pleasure. We've had three tracks from it so far. Uh, I do this all the time, which is very much like a spoken word, uh, a- empathetic uh, song. Kind of reminds me of like Wear Sunscreen, but like in a, Uh, More uh, modern uh, now way.
3: The UV rays are coming for us, everybody. Wear your sunscreen. She's very
1: very upset about
3: it. I (laughs) am. (laughs) Even in winter. You have to wear sunscreen every day, even in winter.
1: She's a song, second song, uh, third song called How Can I Help You, which came out, which has her uh, playing the drums. And what I like a lot about it is that she's really just this honest, human she's real like a normal person who's talking about her problems and her issues and talking about i I love the video like the video is great because it's her pounding the drums but it's also like in doing so and playing it she's she just happens to be a woman but she talks about uh, afterwards how like because she was a woman she was playing drums and you can see that her tits are out a bit in the video so the video is primarily about reclaiming that the idea that she has like a powerful she can play drums. She's always loved it. It was joyful. But once I had tits, that joy turned to fear for what might be said to me. So it's kind of re- reclaiming that idea. And she's done that a lot with her things recently. I think uh, she had an Enemy cover recently where she does the Britney Rolling Stones on the bed as well. And uh, mm. it's really good. And I am really looking forward to seeing uh, Self-Esteem play live. She's supposed to play November 9th in the sugar, or sorry, in the Workmen's Club we'll see if that ever happens because as you know on ongoing uh, 31st of august is the latest we might find out what exactly is happening with the live music industry to follow up on last week but i wanted to play a bit of the title track which just gives you a bit more of a flavor of what we may expect from the album so this is prioritized pleasure <laughs>
0: shit I did thinking it would make me happy. Very little love it did really. And it happened lately as I built this sunset to go quickly. And always thinking what next? Never have I just enjoyed the moment happening right now. I've never known how.
1: is self-esteem song is called prioritized pleasure from the forthcoming album out on october 22nd uh, yeah so like i said there is show, uh, tickets available for a show in dublin on the workman's in the workman's club on november 9th we will find out if that happens or not but i would encourage you to get tickets to that i think the um, show is going to be great there's going to be it's i've seen some footage from her show at green man last week uh, I like that she has applying this big pop sensibility, to these kind of vulnerable songs and uh, the videos as well are doing the same thing. So I think uh, one, to keep an eye out, I want to put in the diary and get a ticket for because mm-hmm. they're not that expensive. And whether they get moves or rescheduled or what, you will be able to, you will probably see her at some point soon mm-hmm. if you buy a ticket.
3: Do you know what I like? What? That she is 34. Oh.
2: Please, yeah.
3: For the love good of point. god, give give me more pop stars in their 30s like as much as I'm enjoying. Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo. I do feel a million years old when I'm listening to them. Um yeah, yeah I'm so I'm so here for pop stars who are breaking through at 34 years of age. Yes, please. Very good. Well, yeah. is our next, our next our next artist
1: is definitely in his 30s anyway. Wow!
3: Um, well. <laughs> what a link. <laughs> who is our next artist? <laughs> It is It is
1: Connor O'Brien, a.k.a. Villager. Oh,
3: of course. Yeah, it does look a day over 29.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he's in his 30s. Uh, uh, he's like myself. He's close to myself in age. So we're, we're late 30s, probably. I don't know if I'm outing him here or anything. I don't think it's a <laughs> uh,
0: major, so. <laughs>
1: major issue with that. But uh, yeah, he uh, has released the f- uh, fifth Villager's album. It is called Fever Dreams and we're both going to talk about it because we're both digging it and Mm -hmm. let's play a song called so simpatico
3: oh yes please
1: Oh. so simpatico is the track um
3: it's a song not just completely perfect like I, yeah that I've, one on listened-
1: the first day now <gasps> having been the first singles now revisiting when in, in the context of the album i i think they're so even they even underscore how brilliant they are i listen to on the yeah but i am loving the album overall as ever Connor Bryan can't really do very, very much wrong. Uh, but he did an interview no. with District Magazine uh, during the week. Said how the album was inspired by seeing the number seven everywhere, and uh, which was par- he partially <laughs> attributed to lockdown madness. But there's a song called "Song and Seven in the, and then there on the album as well. There's uh, Rachel Lavelle features on the on an al- on the album called Full Faith in Providence. At the moment, I think it's a good sign when I can't pick a favorite. And mm. I keep uh moving around. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm really enjoying uh I think he's just hit that like level of soundcraft and arrangements now where he's just like nailing everything and oh, I love the like the little garage uh, uh rock riff in the circus and the firing line at the end. Mm. And just like the way The First Day, just so sympathetic, it goes on for ages and it's lovely and First mm-hmm. Day as well. I love. Ha, have to say, I did notice because it's a voice that we might be familiar with uh, and certainly I am familiar with, but Jess Cav's backing vocals on tracks like The First Day are really beautiful as well. A really uh, lovely touch and a really lovely use of a voice like that. Um, Jess Cav, who you may know as Bark, who are no more uh, she was a singer in Bark and many, many other things. um. And I'm sure we'll hear more from her as well. But you're enjoying the Villagers album as well.
3: Oh, so much. I mean, I I think I what I love so much about it is how lush it is. Like it's sort of unapologetically like so richly textured there's so much going on like you hear you heard even there in the intro to so simpatico which is my favorite song on, on on the album i think it's just i think it's one of the most beautiful songs i've ever heard um just e- even that like beautiful descending scale on the piano just little it's it's those little extra bits now that he's that he's working with those extra textures and i mean like even the harmonization in that song is kind of it's it's complex it's interesting to the ear while still being a really smooth and gentle and comforting listen and i think i think that's what he does so well on on, on this record is that he renders kind of complicated music ideas comfortable and easy and um and gentle and he's always been good at that, but I just really think that this album is stunning. And I mean, I have to mention the artwork. Um, I since I've seen it being, you know, since the album was uh, was announcing, you know, the, the the PR that that runs up to the release, the artwork with the, because I know there's a few different options, but the one with the bear that's asleep, that's overlooking the swimming pool. I I don't know if there's like um. You, you know like the Lovecraftian idea of cosmic horror where you 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 are uh you where you in, encounter a, a space being that is so huge that you are so tiny. The 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 feeling you get when you look into the cosmos and you realize how mm-hmm. small you are, uh, and then you get really scared. Um, whatever the opposite to that is, if there's like a positive version of that, that's how I feel when I look at the <laughs> at the uh the the artwork for it. So when I heard the the lyrics on them um, that it 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 opens with um uh something big like uh when your blood is pumping and it's all or nothing you get a sense of something bigger than you and when I heard that I was like oh God that's the artwork that's you know it's it's so in conversation with itself in 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 that sense and I heard I heard that line and I was like oh yeah no it's all it's all clicking <laughs> um I think it's nice. so wonderful. It's, it's, it's such a, it's such a rich and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll end up repeating myself, but so textured and so gorgeous and so earnest as well. Um, I think it's absolutely up there, you know, not even, uh, you know, Irish, like it's, it's, it, it's up there with, with the best of the year, a hundred percent.
1: Well, we're long overdue a chat with Connor uh, at this point. We so are, yeah. We'll grab him soon, I think, and have a chat, yeah. I'm sure.
3: This is his official <laughs> invitation.
1: Fever Dreams. Uh, let's play a bit of the first day because we love yes. it. Ah, lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. You just were on the drums there, Andrea. Ah, oh, I mean,
3: God, to they sound time. so good. Everything sounds so good. Bravo, everyone.
1: Well, another band that are having a first day soon, a lot of the members,
3: <laughs> is uh,
1: the member, four members, three members of the Chromatics, four of which uh, there are in total. Um <clears throat> we never got a chance to talk about this yet. That was a mad
3: um, sentence there Niall. <laughs> just just I wanted know. to comment on that. Yeah. I, th- I
1: sure. think it was I'm all
3: sure. technically correct but it was mad. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. continue. So,
1: <laughs> Chromatics <laughs> announced uh, last, uh, in the last few weeks that after 20 years of making music, they weren't going to make music together anymore. But the announcement came from three members of the band. That was uh, Ruth Radlett, Adam Miller, and Nat Walker, without the input of Johnny Jewell, who's often considered the Svengali of the label, Italians Do It Better, and also the main producer uh, of uh, Chromatics Music. Now, it just seems strange, to be honest, that this band who've been gone for so long, who've been... There's always talk of whether, you know, they were the famed uh, Dear Tommy album that fail has failed to materialise mm. over They're quite years an elusive
3: group of people with a yeah. lot of mystery surrounding them, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they kind of have this hermetically sealed world, designed world that they've built for themselves, mm. that, you know, is still there on uh, uh, Italians Do it Better, who actually... A couple of days after the announcement that uh, Chromatics split up, uh, released a Madonna covers compilation with all
2: uh, tracks from the
1: artists on the label. Yeah, so so they were very clearly like, let's put this out to show that we're still around. But you know, I think Chromatics were uh, the main act in anyone's uh, line of thinking uh, on that label and the best, and clearly Mm. the one that had the most impact as well
3: and now um, i i haven't seen them live and now i can't i'm really sad about that
1: why didn't you come to vicar street That's
3: i remember there was a reason i didn't go to vicar street niall um i might have <laughs> well, I I had mean. i know I, I remember you going and you sent me photos but i w- i was definitely somewhere i wasn't at home there was something going on i might have been at another gig I'll have to look into yeah. that. Mem, remember the days when there'd be more than one gig on, like, in one night. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> in one month. <laughs> mm, yeah, so that wow. time,
1: that gig in Vicker Street with Chromatics and Desire and and Glass Candy, I think it was. No, uh, Desire and somebody else. I can't remember. One of the other label bands uh, played as well, and uh, they that was one of their last ever gigs. Mirrors in mirrors, it was. Um, so it was a week before what the, was their last ever show. And I think there's probably more to come out about what happened there in terms of the band. Maybe they all just got fed up of waiting around. Maybe uh, Johnny Jewel is a a complete control freak. Maybe there's something else going on. Who knows? Either way, it probably wasn't the most amicable split if three of the members are announcing on their own Instagrams (laughs) that they're broken up (laughs) as opposed to all together. And even his Johnny Jewel statement was very much like, uh, we, I wish them well uh, but I'm going to do stuff um, so yeah I'd say there's some issues there but look anyway if you want more uh, on the chromatics just say I wrote a piece about them uh, on the website and a playlist Accent- as well Accent- thank, Accent- you. thank you thank you Andre. I appreciate that but <laughs> here's a little bit of a, one of the songs from uh, one of my favourite albums of theirs Kill for Love from 2012 this is These Streets Will Never Be The Same Again Okay, RIP The Chromatics, and uh, we hope we hear from the rest of the members soon and see what happens there. Now, my next choice is a track because, you know, having some real-world uh, experience and getting to play some tunes for people on at IMA on Friday was really lovely because I got to see Just Muster, John Francis Finn, and Eve Regan that day, uh, and I DJed before, and then between uh, to 500 people at picnic tables, weird vibes, obviously. But the main thing, it was that it was actually quite nice because once just it was a nice setup, uh, people were into it. Uh, the seated thing worked for the first two acts. And then when darkness descended, it was so nice to have the combination of darkness, lights like strobe, uh, uh strobe lights and uh, a very loud band, uh mm. Just mustered. So. I was playing i had like 20 minutes of tunes to, uh, to play before uh just mustard and i got to play a tune that i cannot wait to play in a big sweaty club and it really gave me the the goo for some really like filthy sweaty club experience um and it is the over mono remixer of for those i loves i have a love so this is mm. a quick blast of that one Surrounded by those you know crying for your
0: words and your soul I have a love, and it never fades. From the space where we learned to be brave and face God's grief and names and late days that could shame and break saints with the weight of the city's hate from the smother and state. But every cent we could take went on the art that we'd make. We'd go straight through the day on a rake of empty plate, up to eight of us pulling ten quid to make something great. So our love will never fade. Our love will never fade. that remains, would shape the memory that stays, even now we can see our face when those cards are replayed, I'm around me shoulder and teenage embrace, tell all your friends I'd say, I have a love, and it never fades, now a long way from school days, sharing books that
1: so as the over-mono remix of for those I love, I have a love. Uh, great to have it because you know I love that uh, I can get to play some Irish music and uh, ir- upbeat Irish music. So I think, oh, like Friday for example, I was able to play a bit of Denise, like on show, I played that. I played something else Irish now. That I can't quite remember for some reason. Was
3: there a big response when you when you played the the Irish chat the Irish chats the Irish tracks?
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of a buzz, all right, which like, was Ooh. nice to hear. Um, yeah, so that <laughs> right. was lovely. That was lovely, uh, Nice to hear that. And I think many more ahead, hopefully. So anyway, just wanted to mark that because that's great. Because like the For Those I Love album is obviously brilliant. But to be able to have a track that definitely works in DJ sets is is mm. um, a really lovely thing. So, okay. Next choice is a track from yourself and his band. Uh, you, We know you love Only Too Well.
3: Well, look, it's not going to surprise anybody that this is on my list. Uh, This is um, Big Thief with Little Things. Their cover of One Direction's Little Things.
1: Andrea, tell me, uh, is this just a once-off single or is it announcing something more to come? Because we know how prolific Big Teeth are.
3: Um, So this is one of two singles that have been released. Um, As far as I know, there's no whispers of an album just yet, but, you know, this band, they probably have like four. uh, they'll, They'll be like, yeah, we're releasing four albums in the fourth quarter of 2021. So who knows? But it is the first we've heard, from the band together since 2019 um since two hands and the last we heard from adrian lenker was her kind of double um minimal song collections that were called like songs and instrumentals which if people i feel like not enough people have kind of dived into those um i really 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 recommend them um and yeah i think when you compare this to the last thing that we heard from Adrian, at least uh, this sounds almost like maximalist, you know, like there's, there's these hand claps, there's these jangly guitars and the instruments kind of forming into this kind of sense of oneness. And I think, what I love so much about Big Thief is how I think you get a sense of how they play together. Um, They play so close and so in sync with one another and you know in in this song they're moving around this rhythm that kind of keeps changing it has this like like elusive time signature that mm. kind of gets lost as soon as you kind of try and find it as soon as you get your hands on it 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 kind of slips away um I don't play music but that's as close as I can kind of imagine you know uh in, in improvisational Music to kind of feel when when you're when you're involved in it, and I love at at the end of the the song is quite long actually it's like five five and a half it's almost six minutes long, and it has this gorgeous instrumental instrumental outro with Adrian Lenker making these kind of little what sound like improvisational um melodic noises over over these guitars that have kind of various various different sounds, various like levels of distortion, but they're so they're so in tune with one another. And so in conversation with her and what she's doing, it's almost like a call and response thing. Um and it's a really organic sound, um much more reflective of uh Two Hands the album from 2019 as opposed to UFOF which is also an album from 2019, but had a bit more of a kind of cosmic um sound to it. Um though it does remind me this song does remind me of cattails from ufof and i mean with, with big thief it, there's kind of only so much you can say about them without saying like they've never released a bad song and there might be slash they're probably the best band in the world right now like i, I can't think of a band that, like <laughs> don't at me but i can't think of a band that are that are releasing music that is as consistently good as big thief like they ha- they have not put a step wrong from what i can see um certainly since like their second album or i mean even their first album like they are they are so so good at what they do. And it seems like with every album that they release, even their side projects, like, you know, um Book Meek, who's the the guitarist in 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 Big Thief, um, he, he released a brilliant album last year that is completely different to um to Big Thief's Sound. Adrian Lenker obviously has a a brilliant catalogue of, of solo work that is you know it's it's definitely acoustically driven it's very poetic but it's still very experimental and i think you know there's each member of that band are, are, is bringing such a wealth of musical knowledge they're all absolute masters at their at their craft Adrienne Lenker is one of the best guitarists in the world um like there's there's a there's a video of her playing i think it's her um her KEXP would it be, but it was like one of the lockdown ones um, uh, that she did from, from home and she's saying anything. And like, it sounds like there's two people playing the guitar. (laughs) Like she's, she's, uh, she's a wizard. Um, And when you get people that not only are masters of their craft but are so in tune with one another. Um, some somebody described—I I can't remember who—I read it recently. Somebody d- d- described their sound as like the the togetherness of it all, sort of thing. Mm and i think that you really get a sense of that when when you listen to big thief and with this song i i just really hear that it sounds it sounds like they're they're happy and elated to be in the room together like there's not i don't think there's ever going to be any like mad rock and roll stories coming out about like anyone in that band being a diva everyone is as important as everybody else um and i love that sort of um yeah that that kind of equality of sound that you get in this in this Mm. song in particular it's brilliant and I love those hand claps I don't think we've had that from this band yet and and they sound they sound really great yeah
1: well lovely Um, to hear them back and hear what what may like you said subtly different but you know nice to hear that there is something slightly maybe on offer different on offer coming so uh, yeah. Always exciting to hear more big teeth. Um, always. Okay, it's time to talk about two of the biggest albums that were released in August. Uh, oh yeah, where, where do we start? Well, we start with Billie Eilish.
3: Let's start with uh,
1: getting older uh, uh, from the album Happier Than Ever. Let's play a bit of
0: Billie. Which is ironic, cause the strangers seem to want me more than anyone before Anyone before Too bad they're usually deranged Last week, I realized that crave pity. When I retell a story, I make everything sound worse. Can't shake the feeling that I'm just bad at healing. And maybe that's the reason every sentence sounds rehearsed. Which is ironic, because when I wasn't honest, I was still being ignorant.
1: So, Billie Eilish, um, second album, Happier Than Ever. Have you been listening to this much? There's been a, obviously a lot of discourse around um,
2: mm.
1: because she's one of the biggest pop stars in the world and the album. Uh, it's mm. My impressions of it are it's, it's a lot more subdued and uh, smaller. And I think that <coughs> seems to be intentional. What do you think of it? What do you think is the vibe of the album?
3: Yeah, I think with with Billy, like in the lead up to this album, I was really, I was, I was kind of worried, not, not for whether or not the album was going to be good, but I was like, this art, I, I can't think of, of another artist who has had the same sort of pressure as Billie Eilish has had with this second record, because that first record, you know, she was, she kind of came up through this, um, this kind of underground sensibility there was a sense that if you knew Billie Eilish early on that you were in the know about something and then when we all fall asleep where where did we go came out it was a massive hit and it was a crossover hit so she has had backing of the indie people she's had backing of the people who are interested in like production techniques and electronica and she's also had the the widespread backing of of the pop industry and that is a lot of people who you have the potential to let down that's a lot of people who are queuing up to have a hot take on what you do next and we know from experience that second albums are difficult and that second albums don't always land immediately um a lot of the time they're they're they they get their dues later um so, so I, I was worried for Billy, basically, <laughs> going into this, and also with with everything else going on in the world, I didn't want to see um, a young woman get slated in the press. Thankfully, um, that didn't happen. It seems to have been relatively across the board well received, and I think that um, absolutely it is that subdued sound that has that has led to that. It's also, I think, and I think you can hear it very very well on that record. That it's that she isn't really coming at us with the same sort of bells and whistles approach, the kitchen sink approach as the first album. She's coming to us with like real raw honesty. And like I was talking about earlier, we we have had a lot of that in pop music lately. Um, and maybe there's a risk at some stage of that becoming oversaturated, but I think Billy does it, does it so, so well. Some of the lyrics on this track and this is uh we should say the first track on the album this is the first thing you hear Mm. when you listen to the album um I do think the lyric last week I realized I crave pity when I retell a story I make everything sound worse can't shake the feeling that I'm just bad at healing and maybe that's the reason every sentence sounds rehearsed I just think that's like kind of brilliant I think that her just coming out and saying I I am so vulnerable, but I'm not vulnerable in in the way that you're used to pop stars telling you that they're vulnerable. She is, she's rejecting the fame that she has in a way that is kind of palpable and determinable and understandable for somebody that doesn't share it. Um, Another artist who we are going to discuss later, I think, Missed, Missed the ball on that completely, but I think yeah. Billy comes out here and makes what she's saying relatable and and makes it easy to hear because she's not. I don't get the impression that Billy wants to be a pop star, and I know that that's sort of in vogue right now but I really really get the impression that she she is a musician first and a pop star second and I don't think that's true of everybody who's in the charts right now um and so I think that she she absolutely did the right thing with this album and I think that no matter what Billy does she is from now on going to set the course she's going to set the she's going to set the scene for people to follow her. I think Olivia Rodrigo has been kind of looking to Billie Eilish. I think a lot of artists who are going to be coming up in pop music are going to be looking to Billie Eilish to this very introspective, almost therapy driven um, self-analysis. That is, you know, it's self-analysis to the point where you're almost tearing yourself apart in the name of your art. Like that's huge. That's, that is, that's a huge concept. And I think, I think Billy is is brilliant at it because she is such an intelligent um musician and it's such an intelligent um lyricist. And obviously the the production on, on Billie Eilish uh music is sorta of second to none. It's it's genuinely experimental. And and, and you can hear it in that in, in that song there as well. So um yeah, I think I think she's done a really good thing with this album, which is to not step back but not step forward either she sounds like she's taking stock and she's genuinely trying um to make sense of what is actually going on in her life right now and i think that that's what makes it relatable
1: sounds like a jump almost to a an album in the future like album 4 or 5 or something sometimes, yeah, you
3: know it's like yeah I
1: skipped the whole having to give you the hits thing for the second album mm. um, you know, skipping the third album, which is like the acoustic one, that's a joke <laughs> because,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, for
1: obvious reasons, you'll you'll understand. Um, I think the album is too long. Generally, mm. it's uh sixteen songs, fifty six minutes. It's uh, there's a lot mm. gone. There's a few I would have lo- lost myself, but yeah. Um,
3: I think so too. I think yeah, it's by I mean, no. I, I think that. it's by no means a perfect album. I'm definitely not out here saying it's like one of one of the best albums of the year but i think it's definitely one of the most interesting albums of the year
1: yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair i can't see myself going back to this an awful lot but that's okay um it's not what did you think of the bossa
3: nova track (laughs) is that one of the ones it was only a
1: tinge of bossa nova um so (laughs) i like (laughs) Yeah, i quite liked it <laughs> uh, i think i do like that that kind of Billie irish though where it's like the sonics are there like bad guy and all that kind of stuff that kind of excitement i definitely mm. do like that but i totally understand why they've gone t- in a different way here it'd be interesting mm. to see what the long-term effect is on her career if there is one um and i hope that she is happier than ever <laughs> generally
0: mm. i mean i, I, I think mean, that
1: such a weight on her shoulders and you do worry about someone so young being asked to uh, take on so much and mm. i think she has done it so well in this album because she's so clever and so yeah. empathetic and understanding of what her situation is she does seem genuinely supported as we discussed with the documentary last year um and you i think there is a good support network around her and i hope that stays I hope yeah. that stays. I don't think she's going to get above her station or or lose her way in a way that maybe our 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 last
0: artist has.
1: Perhaps. Mm.
3: Well, just before we move on to our last artist, I think what what I I like about what Billy has done here is that you know that Simpsons meme where uh, I can't, I can't remember what it originated as, but it's like say the say the line Bart and then Bart has to say uh, I I didn't do it Um, and everyone's looking around I feel like everyone was looking around and they they were like do the thing Billy and the thing was to perform pain in like like bury a friend like to perform pain in a way that is um, catchy a little bit scary and like really subversive and I suppose you know bad guy did that as well and and it's kind of like do the thing Billy perform sadness and pain and depression in a way that is going to you know challenge us but also make us dance and I like that she rejected that I like that she didn't lean into the into her own darkness in the same way as she did on the first album because she's already done that and I think now she's absolutely approaching it in a much more mature way. And you can I I think you can hear her develop as a songwriter, certainly as a lyricist. Um and I I like this direction. And I what I love about it is that I've absolutely no idea where she's going to go next. And that's great. What I hope as as an old woman is that she takes a little break and (laughs) looks after herself. Um and you know just minds herself for a bit and then and then gets back to it. But, um, but this, I, I think that this was the right move for her. Um, and it's not a move that seems to have, you know, offended a great many people. Um, I thought Louise Bruton's uh, review of the album was uh, in the Irish times was excellent. Uh, and I think she, she kind of hit, hit the nail on the head. She gave it four stars. Um, so she was really cool. into it. But it's yeah, good. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's good from Billy. Good job, <clears throat> Billy.
1: Yeah, great Okay, let's move on to Lord Then third album from her The uh, New Zealand artist, Solar Power
3: Yeah, let's go Let's go Mood Can't seem to find what's wrong
0: The whole world is letting me down Don't you think the early 2000s seem so far away Hey those
1: Mood ring from Lord. Um, okay, I'll be honest, I haven't heard this album that much because I've only listened to it once,
3: mm. <laughs>
1: so I'm not fully qualified. What, to was talk your, about.
3: what was your kind of immediate sense of the album, though? What did you come away yeah, okay, with? Okay,
1: well, let me just say, I was because very, I, th- I think it's absolutely
3: fair to just you know, we will build this as a first reaction, but how did you feel? Yeah.
1: um, I was surprised by it, the smallness of the record, I was surprised by its relative, um lack of ambition uh maybe <laughs> arrangement wise um it seems very content to sit on a beach with an acoustic guitar and a couple of your mates and give you uh this kind of chill cool nice vibe that you see in the video for solo power of the song um but i think you have you have uh more real fully realized thoughts and all that kind of stuff and uh, especially the lyrics I think um, mm-hmm. that's something I, I was like, okay, the vibe of this record is strange uh, compared to metal. obviously artists can do something very different. But what to me, Lords was great at capturing a zeitgeist, but also um, her own uh, generation's thoughts and feelings. Um, and uh, with melodrama, I know, uh, like, I loved melodrama, I thought there was fantastic. Uh, sprightly dramatic moments on it that just worked so well on a big stage and in this in the pure pop sense of of throwing things at a wall and making like things like you, you uh, can't touch stick.
3: green light you can't touch it like
1: it's, it's like such perfect. a good song yeah it's perfect Sorry. and i i even love that she took the the vocal stuff and um change was able to make you know, little ad libs and stuff work for her in the, in that way. I think. Uh, I know it wasn't for everyone, but I mm. think it's. I think it's a fantastic album. Um, so when you come to this, I was like, okay, I'm not really interested in what you have to say here. This feels like hey, you're coming from a very different place, and um, it's hard. It was harder to relate to as well. I was like, okay, I'm. It does feel like when we're talking about somebody like Billy Irish, who's still relatable, even though she's one of the biggest pop stars ever, it seems like Laura is going yes. off into the deep end a bit.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, um, apologies to the to the Patreons who are in the Discord because I'm probably going to end up repeating a lot of I, 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 I sort of like live blogged he he was blogging um live blogged my reaction to it in in one of the discord tunnels but um I yeah I think I think you hit the nail on the head there when when you compare it to Billy I know it is not the best thing in the world to do to compare two female pop stars to each other but look here we are they came out very close together this album I sort of can't look away at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's odd. I, I loved Lord's first record. Um, I didn't like melodrama as much as I think you did or as a lot of people did, but I definitely recognize that it had moments of absolute magic, like absolute clear eyed magic. I think green light is, is one of those songs where you're just like, yeah, you can't, you, you, you really can't touch this. So with this, I sort of wasn't, I wasn't involved in the, in the lead up, you know, I wasn't getting excited about it. I didn't listen to any of the singles that were released. I decided to wait for the album. And the day the album was released, I watched the music video for, sorry, I tell a lie. I watched the music video for Not Mood Ring. What was the other, um, the other single was, uh, was Solar Power. And I felt genuinely strange watching it. I felt like, um, do you know, here it is. The experience of listening to this album is kind of like witnessing an in-joke that you're not part of. Like there's winks and nods. You've sort of, you're, you're sitting with a group, but you're not quite part of the group and you're very, very aware of that. She is, I think, attempting to, well, she said that with Mood Ring anyway, that she's kind of satirizing um, goop culture and um, influencer culture that leans a lot on things like crystals and tarot cards and obviously Mood Rings um, to... As kind of cure alls for a world that is that is burning down. I think that as a concept, that as an idea for a song, and certainly as an idea for satire, is great. And I want to hear something that does that well, but I do not think that Moodring does it well. I think part of the problem I have with it is also wrapped up with the imagery around the album, you know. Is is she really satirizing something if she is slotting herself so neatly into it. I watched the music video from Mood Ring and I thought satire without humour is just, you know, I- imitation really, is it? You know, like wh- if if it isn't humorous, if it's not making me think, if 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 I just showed that to somebody who had no idea that this was supposed to be satire, they, they wouldn't know. And I think that in in that sense, it's completely failed. And... There's yeah, a sense it's like I it guess.
1: Just, it's satire or sincerity that you're you're mm. seeing here. It's hard yeah. to tell the difference.
3: Yeah, like I've no, I, I've Not no here. doubt that what she wanted to do was satire, but I don't think that that's what she achieved with that song. And I think as well with the music video for Solar Power, which I genuinely found baffling. I, I, I just didn't under, I didn't understand what the what what the point she was. Tra- I think at least with Mood Ring, I, I had a sense of what she was trying to do with Solar Power. I had absolutely no idea. Um, that was just, that was just a bizarre experience, and I think I said it in the Discord. <laughs> My big hot take from listening to this album is that uh, the richer you get, the less interesting your ideas become uh, w- w- with musicians. Now, obviously, that's not true. Like that's, it. but but I think in Lord's case, um, there was something about a, a successful, wealthy privileged white woman satirizing in a quite unkind but also not very successful way certain other privileged white women that just made me think like oh just instead of turning the camera that way lord why don't you just turn it turn it back towards yourself because you I just feel like she's missing something there. There's just something about how she is satirizing other women who are in not dissimilar financial and cultural positions in terms of influence as she is and i think there is a way to do that well there is a way to do that where it's funny and pithy and sounds good and we'll get to the sound of the album in a second um but i don't think that it was successful if she had a political statement on this album i certainly couldn't find it um now in terms of the sound of the album i just you know i i couldn't find anything to latch onto i don't know if if you were the same but like it's been a, it's been a while since i've come Away from an album that I've listened to like at least six times, not really being able to like sing any of the melodies. I guess Mood Ring because I have a kind of a macabre fascination with it. <laughs> I suppose I, I sort of can't look away from that song in a weird way. But like, there's another song that that we might play. I I I put it on the on the playlist, which is um, High at the Nail Salon um, that I. I mentioned during my live blogging of it um, set, it is both in kind of <laughs> in style and content like a Lana Del Rey song generator um, and it is bafflingly close to Lana Del Rey. It, se- it sounds like a Lana Del Rey parody but I don't think that that's what it is. Um, do we have a clip of that, of that song? And the
0: song? they will change local The
3: nail salon. Maybe I just don't let the nail salon again. Now, look, if I'm Lana Del Rey, if I'm Jack Antonoff, who actually he wouldn't because he produced this album, but I would be listening to this song and I would be saying, hmm, this sounds an awful lot like. Um, Hope is a Dangerous Thing for a Woman Like Me to Have uh, by Lana Del Rey. And it's also, you know, Stone that the Nail Salon is that, is that Lana Del Rey. Class- that is Lana. It's Joy, classic Lana. And I don't think Lord gets away with it in the same way that Lana gets away with it. And I think my problem with the Lord record is that it, it feeds into an area of pop music that I've become increasingly kind of dismayed and annoyed by which is that everything has to be this kind of meta self referential you know figure out the code figure out the password and it's all just maybe a little bit too wrapped up in itself and wrapped up in its own mythology in a way that I think Billy Eilish isn't doing Olivia Rodrigo's not doing that but I think Lord Taylor Swift are kind of Airing towards that side of things that I just don't I've I I personally find it hard to connect with um and I think lord I I think this is a misstep from her um from somebody that I think is incredibly talented and has up until this point really had her finger on the pulse of what is needed I I, t- I don't understand this decision and there's plenty of people out there who love this record and that's fine please 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 don't at me um, but I mean t- tell me why you like the record if anybody wants to get in touch and tell me why they like the record I'm m- more than happy to hear it but I mean this it's genuinely baffling but I also kind of can't look away I've watched the music video for Mood Ring a lot of times because I feel like there's some kind of this, that there's something I'm missing, and the more I watch it, the more I realize like... there isn't. It's not there. It's well. vacuous. Yeah.
1: Well, like so. I said, I enjoyed uh, the Discord chat about the album more <laughs> than enjoyed the album itself. So that was mm. uh, not uh, not the most exciting uh, ring yeah. endorsement you can imagine. But I will yeah. probably give it another listen when you know when I have a bit more time and maybe some like not a headphones lift and certainly uh maybe in the house, you know, just to give it like a bit of room. Um, but not yet. Not yet. And certainly first listen didn't give me much. But anyway, like I said, that's what it is. I think your thoughts are more are more interesting on that. Um, okay, so that's everything we're be kind of covering in terms of music. Um do you have anything else that you've been uh any other business? Anything you've been watching or reading or, or Well now,
3: do you wanna tell us about wings before before we do that?
1: I will. I will Because we, will. we
3: took it off the running order and I feel bad. So let's let's no, put it well, back on. Actually.
1: It ties in with a TV show that I've been watching, which I can recommend. Uh, There's a Disney Plus show called McCartney 321, which is Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney sitting in front of a mixing desk and having a chat about with the original stems from the Beatles and Wings and everything that Paul McCartney has worked on. And it's so good. It's just like five parts, an hour long-ish. Um, just lovely shot. Rick Rubin being a big, gentle teddy bear, an excitable teddy yeah. bear. Um, Paul McCartney is a man that in previously has annoyed me a lot. Oh, <laughs> um, I watched the well, episode
3: I, of The Simpsons yesterday when Lisa becomes vegetarian and Paul and Linda are at the end. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's really funny.
1: <laughs> well, I think you know, I have, I, I, I think. Misguided it somewhat. So I was just, you know, he's like, you're like, he's the cool older guy, but he was just wheeled out so much over the years. But actually, in the one-on-one conversation with himself and Rick Rubin, he comes across so smart, so um, like such a nice dude. Obviously, I think yeah. a lot of people know that about. Him, but just his memory is incredible, <laughs> and that's you're just like live history. Listening uh. to that live history, and also what a fucking songwriter he was. Not no surprise. Um, still is uh, to a uh, lesser extent now, but Stop. you know, I just got started listening to Wings and you know stuff like Jet and Band on the Run, and just really enjoying that kind of music. And it's something that's something I've I'm really so happy for you. Before. This
3: makes me so happy, Nile. This is like a whole world. This is great. Is it, <laughs>
1: is it like age? I don't know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, i i had a like, I had a friend over really recently who is she sort of reminds me of you I've said I've definitely said to her in the past that like she's the female version of you in my friend group because she she's really really into like house music and electronic music in a way that I'm not so she's always sending me music that is like you know maybe a little bit too that for me but I had her over I hadn't seen her in a really 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 long time had her over we had a few drinks and we were putting Uh, songs on you know YouTube on the TV and she just turned to me with these big earnest eyes and she was like oh have I told you that I really love the Beatles now and I was like oh my god, this is the best thing ever and we spent the rest of the night just watching Beatles clips like and she she's still kind of in the early album stage and she's like no, put on this song, put on, I want to hold your hand. And like, okay, John is still her favorite Beatle. That's the stage where she's at. And I and I keep telling her, it's gonna become Paul really, really soon. But you're just quite not not, not quite there yet. But um yeah, and so this is and now you're listening to Wings, it's all come full circle. This is great.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know, um- <laughs> Uh, another love story at all of their um, festivals always have a tradition. Tradition, it's always Simon from Ships who's on sound for the last thing. And he always puts on a song at the very end. And it's always mm. a lovely song. So I remember Purple Rain Oh, uh, before. And um, this time around, much smaller festival, obviously, this time around. But uh, this time around, this song came on. And I was like, yeah, nailed it.
0: at the door Somebody ringing the bell Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favour Open the door And let him in Ooh, yeah. Someone's knocking at the door
1: <laughs> We're having a long episode so I won't go too long on that but uh that is obviously Wings, Let Them In, uh, just to compound the fact that I've spent a lot of the last of August listening to Wings and enjoying uh, Paul McCartney as a human and a songwriter, I was like, "Isn't that <laughs> oh, nice? Isn't that that's nice? lovely?" So there you go. It was nice to to have that underscored in real life and have people have see how people have a little bop at the end of a festival to that. So lovely.
3: Excellent. Um, I'm going to give you a book, a TV show, and a movie.
1: Go, do it do it nice do and it. tight
3: uh my t v show is um forbrydelson, which is
0: <laughs> oh, a while.
1: not <laughs>
3: the correct pronunciation of uh the killing, which is a, a Danish t v series uh police procedural it's was sort of the series that kicked
1: yeah kicked the jumper. It all
3: off the yeah, jumper the jumper, <laughs> so uh, it's excellent um La
1: uh, the name. uh, Larson, uh like lund. No, no, Saarlund, yes. yes.
3: Saalund. Um have you watched it?
1: Yeah, years ago. Yeah.
3: I so have never seen it. So um my boyfriend who has moved in, uh, he when he went home to get all his records and stuff, he yes. also brought like a yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> big announcement. Uh he also brought um the DVD collection from his mom. And I was like, oh my god, not only do we get to watch this like old Danish T V series in which people have literal thirty three tens in it. Uh we also get to watch it on DVD, so it's it's fantastic. Really enjoying it. Yeah, we're on the first I'd say we'll probably finish the first series this week. Um excellent jumpers, absolutely brilliant. Not not as dated as you would expect, something um that was made in what year was it? Twenty twelve no 2007 to 2012 yeah Yeah. so first series was 2007 so um so yeah that's excellent really really enjoying it if you like the you know uh Scandi police murder investigation dramas and you haven't seen it it's an excellent way to see the kind of uh the genesis of that um my film uh that i watched that i loved uh was uh in the mood for love uh which was directed by Wong Kar-wai um which is a kind of a real oh, yeah. slow burner um, oh, you're going
1: deep you're going deep into the Yeah
3: balance. yeah it's it's it, it was really it was just one of those films that i you know should have seen it by now sort of thing we watched call me by your name like the night before um because he hadn't seen it and in response he showed me in, in the mood for love and I was like yeah fair enough um yeah really beautiful slow burn romance um just the most beautiful costuming and direction and colors and cinematography that um yeah, it's really yeah. effective and wonderful. I just and, read and when I think of that film. Yeah, yeah, really, really vibrant and amazing performances and just the most beautiful people that have ever been on screen. Like, it's just <laughs> ridiculously beautiful people. Um, uh, my book, I've read a few books, that, well, some of them I'm not finished, but I'll recommend um, a book by Tim Moore, M-O-H-R, called uh, Burning Down the House. As in house, H A U uh, S, punk rock revolution and the fall of the Berlin Wall, which is about um, it's kind of a, I guess ethnographic or historical study of um, of punks in East Berlin around the time of the fall of the wall and how they impacted that, and also what what life was like to be um, a punk in East Berlin uh and it's really really interesting um it's a bit it can sometimes be a bit like and then and then he said fuck you to the system and blah blah blah. but i'm really enjoying it there's some really great stories from from some punks at that time in it and it's well written so yeah i'd recommend that yeah
1: Right. Um I've been reading, uh, I, know, I haven't finished yet, but I know I can recommend Seamus O'Reilly's book, Did You Hear Mammy Died? Dying to read it, dying to read it. And, read it. Um, and uh, very like, sad because it is about his mother dying, but uh, really fascinating to be uh, in a very large family in Derry. And I met Seamus a couple of times, a um, uh, lovely fella, and uh, a top buzzer and uh it's one of one of he's, he's maybe rich. my
3: favorite person on twitter i remember like one night two two of us uh this before covid two of us in the group did like dramatic readings of his twitter threads i i did the oh. one where he was uh on kind in front of yeah um, well i did that in front
1: of Mary the, um,
3: yeah
1: my my, my my girlfriend and my pals hadn't uh hadn't actually he- heard that story before, I know was
3: it- I was the same oh no it wasn't it was on a zoom call and I mentioned <laughs> it or I, I quoted it or something and they were like oh what's that and I was like right everybody everybody grab a drink because I'm about to Gather read this around out. it was just what is so so good um so the, the the book is great is it I'm I am dying to it's so it. far yeah it's been great yeah I'm only excellent
1: like about page pages in but uh enjoying cool. that a lot and we did mention as well Summer of Love maybe briefly as well. Great film to go and see. It's uh, about the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely stacked with uh, great performances. Nina Simone and and uh, so many mo- others. I think we mentioned it briefly maybe at the end mentioned of the last week. week yeah. So yeah. And, uh, oh, the, other, the other show I just finished is called, called The White Lotus um, which if oh. you're looking for something diversionary and uh six parts so kind of miniseries i'd recommend the white laws uh good cast it's all about horrible people who go to a, a a hotel in hawaii and it's it's mike uh white who's the writer of school of rock uh he does it uh-huh. he's the director i like school of rock and, yeah, and Jennifer Coolidge the, is in it. Um, there's lots of like Steve Zahn, Connie Britton. There's lots of people you know. On Queen it. of My uh, Heart, Cindy Jennifer Sweeney, Coolidge, Euphoria is in it. Very good. It's very good. It's 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 an easy watch, so worth watching. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that's it for most this week, anyway. And uh, a nice long episode to get into. Next week, uh, we don't know what we're going to be doing, but we do believe that Donda is actually coming out. Uh, and. Niall-
3: Please, you're only hurt yourself. I,
1: I know. I'm not, I don't have, I have no expectations. You
3: know what? I, I, I don't think of it. Donda? If Donda happens, it happens to me. Somebody no, will tell I, me. I, I read the about news. Time, I'm not thinking about it.
1: Yeah, I read about news about Donda as in this kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder what that happens today. No. Like like uh, the popularity of NFTs and cryptocurrencies. Like, I'm just never going to get into it. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting, but nice to know.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, suppose. Yeah. So, now, yeah. look, when it happens, I'm sure you'll text me and that's that's my attitude to Donda. I'm not, I'm not about to be out here Getting disappointed by men. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, with, and with that bombshell, um, <laughs> <laughs> we will say good night. Um, thank you, Andrea. And
3: thank you, Niall. <laughs> <luck>. Thank you, <laughs> patrons, right, for my to new speak. webcam. Thanks for listening. You. Goodbye. All
1: right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.